Welcome to the SA FinTech Podcast. We're excited to kick off our inaugural show. I'm Andres Vélez. And I'm Maximum Quillet. And we'll be your podcast hosts. A bit about myself. Pre-MBA, I was working at Citibank, working on critical control issues across Latin America. And for myself, I worked in the hedge fund industry as a trader for, for many years. Today's episode is the first in our series on MBA summer internships. We'll be diving into Maximo's summer, summer internship search, how he got such an awesome job at Raisin, and uh, what he did there. Excellent. I'm excited to, to share and, and to be here with you on this. Really excited to hear about it, Maximo. So, Maximo, coming into ESA, did you know you wanted to go into fintech? I did. It was one of the top areas I wanted to go into uh, after my MBA. For me, the big criteria of, of my career transition from the hedge fund industry and asset management to uh, to fintech uh, and companies involved in the fintech ecosystem is I'm looking for growing companies, or growing industries, and industries where uh, there's a lot of new opportunities. So both the space is expanding and there's a lot of new investment. And fintech for me kind of fits my background and also fits it's the direction I want to go into. So, so absolutely. And I'm, I'm very, I've been so far very happy with, with the FinTech club and everything that um, the school has been doing to support uh, our, our endeavors and our mission and the type of companies that have come to, to ESA as well, the kind of companies we've been able to, to set up meetings with outside of school. Yeah. The, the business is booming every year. There are more and more unicorns uh, and more and more starting up. Tell me, how did you start this job search, which isn't structured like a lot of other companies in the financial services industry? Absolutely. That, I think that's a great question. Uh, right. In MBA programs or in, in master's programs in general, there are structured recruiting. So firms that come to your school and they have uh, a set path to, uh, to employment or to internships, uh, and it's well known. Um Unstructured, of course, is anything outside of that. Basically, you're on your own or you're on your own in creating those those pathways. Uh, for me, I think the most important is being organized. You have to find all of the information that you need and, and retain it. So oftentimes you're getting recommendations about a company or you read about a company that seems interesting. You have to note it down. And so I have a spreadsheet where I note down uh, the companies that I'm interested in, the investors in those companies. Uh, the contacts I might have there, uh, and then trying to find contacts for those companies. So you have to have a, a structured way of, of approaching an unstructured process and, and organizing your information in order to, to uh, continue to look professional in, in staying in touch with people and contacting the right people. That's great. I love the way how you turned unstructured process into a structured one. And uh, it, but it seems like it's a lot of legwork that. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a lot of legwork, <laughs> a lot of a lot of LinkedIn messages, a lot of emails, a lot of trying to catch people for a coffee or, well, not so much in the time of COVID, but before COVID to grab cotton. Now, even I think it's possible you can you can still do the equivalent uh, grabbing a beer with people and and not always use. You know, I think people often forget that networking isn't about isn't touch and go. It's not just, Hey, Andres, 
uh, do you have a job for me? And then Andres says, no. And then I forget and drop Andres like a hot potato. Yeah. It's about, you know, a network is, is, is a, is a living thing. You have to stay in touch and you never know what can lead to what. And so you have to be very nimble, um, in, in your approach. Yeah. You have to plant seeds all over. Exactly. Give. And then in the future, maybe get. Maybe. And you, you have no idea, <laughs> but you can't, you can't close the option off. Well, so tell me more about Raisin itself. Who are they? What do they offer? What makes them special? So Raisin is, well, first of all, Raisin is a German fintech company. It's one of the top fintechs in Europe. Uh, it's considered one in the top 50 fintechs uh, and has one of the best brands in Europe right now. Uh, they are leading the uh, first fintech lobby in Brussels. Their uh, their head, their chief legal officer is uh, is leading that effort. So they're they're well established player here in Europe, and they are now expanding uh, into the United States. So Raisin has two cu- two customers. Uh, Raisin has a product for savers, so it's a savings platform for you to shop best rates for deposits, as well as uh, wealth management products uh, for pension and, and long-term savings. And it's on the other side, it has banks as a customer as well as clients uh, where it offers to them uh, funding, stable funding solutions through deposits and ways to um, create innovative products for their customers. Great. So you were part of their inaugural team into the U.S., right? That's right. That's right. So they've just uh, launched last year. Uh, well, launched. They've just started to expand uh, in 2019 into the U.S. market, and uh, that product is is uh, is at the moment is a B2B product. And uh, I was working in their business with their business development team, uh, which was a very good experience. It was a fantastic experience. Uh, I mostly was using a lot of analytical muscle and analyzing their sales process uh, and looking at how they might find improvements and making recommendations, as well as working on some of the communications that they use in their outreach to to banks. What types of skills did it require? That's a great question. I, I Yeah, so what I really liked about the internship is that I was able to use a lot of uh, year one MBA skills, Okay, which isn't always the case with... Uh, with internships, so uh, it definitely required you know a good understanding of statistics, a uh, good understanding of just understanding data and going through through that. Uh, leverage some of my knowledge as well of, of interest rates and uh, bank structures overall, like how banks work. Um, it involved research skills uh, for sure. Uh, PowerPoint, believe it or not, PowerPoint deck skills, typically, you know, really stereotypical MBA summer. But that, those are really important because a lot of what you're doing in business development in some ways is uh, helping to shape the story that you're telling for um, the marketing or sales process or product. So uh, there was a lot of good work in understanding how to do that. And also market research, because I, I was working on a project for them involving uh, explore, exploring a new product. Um, so those were those were kind of the main areas. What was a typical day like at Raisin? Oh, well, since it was remote, uh, you know, we had a, we had a 9 a.m. Eastern time check-in. And uh, after that, it was 
It was relative flexible. Were you mainly with the U.S. team? Just with the U.S. team. But we had regular meetings. I think the, the Raisin management uh, in, in Berlin, the, the founders, they were very good at communicating to all their employees globally uh, about uh, the changes in the company and obviously with COVID and how the company was facing COVID and what they were doing. Um, they were holding town halls and and this kind of uh, these kind of things. And I think they had a very, very good direct um communication style and uh, pretty, you know, and, and they have a firm value of transparency. So that I think was very good. Um, I think mainly partly part, some of that is there was a, a sense of working for a German company. There was this really strong sense of project management and being forthright. So that was, uh, those were, those were strong facets of, of, of the work culture and, and, um, and the everyday, that was part of the everyday because some of these meetings we would, they would be held and we would all join. And, uh, but often you know, they were the, the style of raising us is still a U.S. company, okay. 15 minute meetings. Uh, it still had a startup culture, uh, to it, you know, fewer than a dozen people, uh, at the moment. And so everything is quick and a lot of autonomy and a lot of ownership. And um, so that was that was the best part. And, and so projects would change week to week or month to month, but uh, with uh, with deadlines, but you had to deliver and uh, I'd have my check-ins on a, on a weekly, bi-weekly basis with, uh, with the CEO of, of the US operation and with the country country lead. So it was a, it was a very flat structure with a lot of communication ad hoc and and emails and, and Zoom call, you know, Zoom calls. So, now with your experience in fintech, what are the key benefits and drawbacks of being in the industry? Yeah, I think there, it's it's tough because fintech is such a broad term and it's such a big space. Uh, what counts as a fintech? Uh, and uh, I would say my experience in, in business development for this particular fintech. Uh, was great because, you know, I think one of the appeals is if you want to be in a space that is growing and taking on, uh, but growing in a very serious way in the sense, and I say serious is that you're dealing with people's personal data, personal information, uh, and, and they need people who are quite serious minded about, um, that duty right after that. Uh, and things have to work, right? These are products being sold to major companies or, that are connecting to people's sensitive information. So these are things you have to keep in mind. Um, yeah, it's great. It's fun because you're not selling, you know, it's not selling widgets. It's you right. know, you're really selling big solutions. And, and that's, I think what is pretty neat. Uh, I think the drawbacks, the drawbacks are not, are not many. Uh, I think it's the same as if you were at any, in any industry or any company. Um, it's, it's, it depends a lot of who you work for and, and whether you like the mission that they're on and, and the way that they're handling it. Uh, I thought you know, Raisin was extremely professional. I think a lot of that had to do with how the seniority of the people running the different the different groups, um, it's and and their backgrounds. You know, people there had at least on our team, you know, at least ten year plus experience. So it had a very good professional sense of professionalism yeah. for such a small comp for what was essentially a startup. And I and I think that looking for that is that was appealing to me uh, going into it. And I think you have to make sure you do your due diligence on the companies you're also looking at. I think that makes a big difference on, on your summer experience. 
Right, especially at these startups, it's good to have the interview go both ways. Exactly. That's exactly well said. Yeah, I mean, it's how I came into the, the into the internship was I was in Berlin with the ESF FinTech Club had organized a trip to visit companies there uh, in December 2019. And I engaged in a conversation with the HR, one of the HR heads in Berlin. And she on and off comment that she had mentioned an expansion or an office in New York. And uh, I asked her for the information of that of that team. And she you know, was so responsive. And I set up a meeting in New York when I went back to New York to, to see my family for Christmas. Uh, and we ended up having a you know great conversation to talking about his company and his vision for the for the firm and how he wanted to expand. And you know you're also selling yourself as knowledgeable person who can add some value to the team, of course. Uh, and you know you just kept the conversation going from there. Uh, you know we chatted again a month later and another month later, and then you know I think he warmed up to the idea of having an intern. He he had originally had not thought. Uh, about doing so. And so, uh, again, it's about creating opportunities for yourself in an unstructured area. You're, you're pitching yourself as a business proposition. Yeah. And so that, that part is something to take into account and not just in fintech space, obviously. And I think that's a very important life skill to have, to be continuously selling yourself, recruiting, learning what's out there because how post MBA, you're not going to have any structured program. That's right. Your your life is going to be looking for the next opportunities, putting feelers out, knowing what's happening in the industry and who you want to work with in the future. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more on this. If you could speak with yourself one year ago today, what advice would you give first year Maximo? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I would say... I think, you know, you can always be more organized. You can always be more methodical about uh, reaching out. Um, I think sometimes I probably could have re reached out to more companies, um, but not, not, that, not that I wasn't, you know, just, just as a way of creating even more possible opportunities. Right. Uh, but, and also just learning more about the space. I mean, when you yeah. do that, you're not just, you're not just, uh, a lot of research is involved to understand who you're recruiting with. Exactly. exactly. So you, players are out there. Exactly. So just by casting that wide net, you really understand the industry much deeper. Precisely. And and there, I think I would have also told myself that uh, there. I think when you look in business development, it's a very broad category. It means a lot of different things to, to a lot of different companies. I, I learned in this yes. in this process, and so. Just also learning more about some of the tools that come into business development, like some of the marketing tools or analytical tools that are used is helpful. I think it could have been a nice thing to, to come in knowing it would have been able to, to, uh, to, I think, create some new projects with those tools that I wouldn't have had a chance to do otherwise. But being that I didn't, it's harder to do when you're not in the office with somebody to, <laughs> to learn how they do it. But uh, other than that, that's it. I, I think in all honesty, there's, you know, you, you, you have to take risks. And uh, I think I could have been more disciplined with learning some of these tools outside, but we have a very busy first year at, at ESA. <laughs> and uh, so being very mindful of, of where you spend your time is also important. Well, Maximo, thank you so much for your time and sharing this with us. Uh, 
Everyone, thank you for listening to this podcast. This is the first of many, so stay tuned. Until next time.